a lot of things were resolved, and a lot of things were not. I think that you guys have probably a lot of things that you need to say to each other, and maybe some things you need to ask each other. And I think that there is no better neutral territory in Revenant than Big Billy's Diner. Yeah! So I believe that's where we find ourselves on whatever it is that you guys decided it was time to finally sit down and have this talk. Was that immediately after your spider adventure? Like, same day? Was it maybe like, look, we need some time to defrag, let's touch base in a couple days once Martha has been able to receive some flowers and cards at her home expressing sympathy for her loss? Or, like, so when do you see this happening? I'd say maybe a few days after. Okay. Yeah, a few, a few days, days later. Sure. So, it's a few days later. You guys meeting over breakfast? Are you meeting like midday? Are you meeting in the evening time? I feel like midday is probably the quietest time of day at Big Billy's Diner. I feel like there's a big breakfast crowd mm. and then I feel like people tend to come in there like after work and whatnot. I think if you guys probably roll in around like 10 on a weekday, then it's gonna be a good time for you to just settle down and chill. So I think that you've all made whatever arrangements you need to do to block off a few hours of your time and come into this sacred space and say what needs to be said. So that's where we find ourselves. How does this conversation unfold? I imagine it starts exactly like this. Yeah. yeah. I ordered some pie. Okay. Always a good choice. <laughs> or what I got instead, but Big, Big, Big Bill is trying to expand the menu and get more creative, and I think he, and he added an Oreo cheesecake, and I wanted to try that out. Thank the good Lord of he, Bob in heaven. He even brings it to you himself, because it's a slow day, and he, mm. you know, so he, he gets to be out front a little Thanks, bit. Thanks, Billy. <laughs> I'm very fond of Big Billy, so I'm very Who happy isn't? to see him. And I'm, uh, yeah, I'm friendlier with him than I am with most people. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's hard not to be friendly with Big Billy. Mm -hmm. I ask if the coffee, I ask uh, if he brewed any fresh coffee yet today, um, or in the last like, hour. Yeah, no, I would love to answer you. The problem is just I don't know how to give voice to this magnificent creation. <laughs> you can just tell me that he says oh, yes. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Wait, man. That's all he says. <laughs> he gives you a jolly wink. <laughs> and pours me some coffee. <laughs> and pours you some coffee. <laughs> no, I mean, man. I think, I think I, there will be a character voice for Big Billy eventually, because he will need, he, he will at some point talk. Um, but he, he does have fresh coffee for you. He, you know, he insinuates that he would never leave one of his best customers without a fresh pot, so. Hmm. Um, I can tell you that Martha is really kind of distanced from everything right now. Um, just kind of lost in thoughts, really. Siobhan's fine. I mean, she's worried about Martha because I think she understands like ooh that was probably rough but for her that was another day on the job yeah what's Mariah feeling right now a little apprehensive I'm not used to um I'm used to kind of grilling people to try to get to the truth but not the people that I consider almost like Martha I consider like a friend and I want to but I like she's been hiding something from me and I want to talk about it but I don't really it's hard to broach that when that it's this kind of relationship as opposed to like me sticking it to the man or yeah, what and have it's you. a difficult situation to balance because I think Mariah is somebody who is very used to seeing herself as her or her and her close ones against the world, mm -hmm. and I think that when you fell into this strange partnership, you at least felt a very close kinship with 
Martha, and I think it was Siobhan that you most distrusted. And mm -hmm. so now to find yourself in a situation where not only do you find that there's something about Martha that you very much don't know, but that Siobhan did, mm -hmm. is a bit troubling for you. Mm -hmm. I feel a little shaken up. I can't tell you guys what to say. Yeah, I, and I, I can say that Martha will not initiate conversation. Like, that's just not where her headspace is right now. You just said that you you have feelings, and I don't know if you want to talk about them. I think just... it's going to rain tomorrow. <laughs> I can't tell if that's character. It is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure, it does look like rain. You doing okay? Uh, yeah. 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 So something happened this time. Um, something, uh, man, shit, I don't know. Um, we established a certain level of trust with our partnership uh, previously, and I um, guess I uh, want to know why you didn't trust me with whatever it is. The two of you know that I don't. I think you have to understand that I don't trust anyone with this. Except for Siobhan and also Hawk Peters and no. <laughs> most gesture, magical creatures you mean. I gesture meaningfully at Siobhan. The... Okay, the difference is that they found out. I didn't tell them out of just like, hey, Look what I can do. That would have just put everyone in a weirder situation if I hadn't explained something. Um, so I guess here we should do the same thing. Um, well, as you might know, I can do things that aren't considered human. Um, it all started about 17 years ago, and ever since then, I have been keeping it a secret for fear that I might hurt another person. Okay. So, like, what? Are we talking, like, ESP, or...? I mean, I don't know what to call it. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not upset, I just, I mean, like, of all people, you'd think you'd, like, know you could tell me. That's the thing, though, you're always after, I don't know, you're always after, you're always seeking something that isn't natural, and really all I want is just to you know, not have this. Okay. Because it's really... Okay. Okay. Yeah. Then we can just... I mean, I'm not going to pretend it never... We never talked about this. I'm not going to pretend I don't know, but... I mean... Right. We can it's still out just of the be, open. Yeah, we can still just be... Be who we are. Things don't have to change. It's okay. Yeah. Do you want any of this? I slide my plate. 
Siobhan picks up a fork. You weren't offering it to Siobhan, I assume, but no. she's going to pick up a fork. And <laughs> I understand. Have a little taste anyway. I understand. Uh, Siobhan, we we didn't talk about that. How does Director Kennedy know? Well, as long as we're all coming clean, I I would assume that he knows since he was talking to you about it in the first place. I I just don't know how. I haven't told anyone except for you and now Mariah. I don't know. It's just... I don't know how he knows what he knows, but I can assure you that I didn't tell him, just like I wouldn't have told Mariah. It's not my, it's not my place to tell anyone. I don't know how he knows, but apparently he does. But I think that you can assume that he also will not go talking about it to anyone in town. I mean, it's been a few days since we saw a literal giant spider in the woods, and there's nobody in town talking about that right now. So I think you can be less worried about him talking about it also. Okay. I think I can trust you on that and trust your judgment. Yeah, actually, could I have that? <laughs> She's great. Yeah, I was offering it to okay. you, dude. Thanks. Well, that's that's the eating Whoa. noise. Thank that's you noise. for you that. <laughs> um, I think at this point, Big Billy comes back over to to check on your guys' table, see if y'all need anything. Um, how's everybody doing over here? Well, smiling faces all around. Hope that's not the cheesecake's fault. I think he caught me. Just like, you know how you know a good waiter or waitress by, like, mm-hmm. if they catch you while yep. you're eating? He caught me directly as I had... As you were making that horrible... Yeah. Sound. <laughs> I think we're all fine over here, Billy. Thank you. All right, just Thanks. check it in. Oh, Mariah, I meant to ask you. Mm-hmm. Does, uh... Does this belong to your friend? And he pulls out a keychain and hands it to you. Would you open the picture file that I sent you? Yes. Okay, let me go into my email. I am full of anticipation. But you're not open to Lexmas. <laughs> <laughs> I would like you to describe the shape that you, and just to be clear, it's just the outline, but I'd like you to describe what it is that you see when you open it. It's like um, a circle with little uh, three little kind of prongs inside like the blades of a fan look kind of like mm-hmm. one of those little fans um, with a triangle on the top and a triangle on the bottom. Okay. So he hands you a keychain, um, probably like maybe three or four inches in height um, in that shape. And he asks you if it belongs to your friend. Which friend? Of the Isabel, the bookseller that was in town. Oh, yeah, I think, I think it might. I could... I could hold on to it or something. 
Oh, okay. Well, she she was in here the other day, and it, I thought maybe she was the one that left it behind. I sorry, I assumed you guys were close. Um, I mean, we talked a couple times. I don't really know her that well. She's new. Huh. Well, he furrows his eyebrows a little bit, and he's like, "That's interesting." Why? What? What? What's going on? Oh, no, it was just an assumption on my part, I guess. But she was asking some questions about old Phil, and you're the only other person I know who talks about him. What? Yeah, no, I... Thanks. Thanks, Billy. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure she gets it. Billy sort of apologetically fills your coffee cups and walks back sweet to the man, counter. Sweet man, sweet man. I'm very shaken. Very shook. <laughs> <laughs> that's not Mariah. That's Addison. Oh, Addison is shook. Oh no, I'm very shook. Um, I mean, Mariah is visibly shaken. Um, remind me, Alex is Addison. Do I know? I know where she's staying, don't I? Uh, well, the last interaction you had with her was several days ago. You, oh, I mean, you know that she's in the motel, but she may or may not still be in town. Shit. True. All right. So I don't know what to do. Okay. Well, I'm going to let you sort of take up with this thread. So is there anything you want to do with it? Is there, what is, what is Mariah doing now? I would want to try to track her down. Okay. Give it back and ask her how the hell she knows about Phil and why she's talking about him to people. Okay. So are you going to excuse yourself from the diner then? Yes, I am. All right. I'm going to excuse myself. And I think I'm going to head to the motel and see if she's still staying there. Okay. Um, she is not. Shit. She's still in town? Is there a way for me to find out? Um, you can look for specific leads if you would like, but if she's not at the motel, there's it's not likely there's anywhere else she would be staying. Mm-hmm. So. You do know she has a regular job back in Fairbanks, so yeah. it's unlikely that she would just be hanging around Revenant for a while. Well, maybe I should head back to the library and okay. uh, send her an electronic mail. Alrighty. I'm assuming her email address is on her website. It is. Her blog. Her blog. <laughs> yes. And what does your email say? It says, um, hey there, hey there, Isabel. This is Mariah, the librarian. If you remember. Um, and you should, you should <laughs> I remember picture Mariah. you like typing in and deleting it several yeah. times. Like, hi, this is Mariah. The librarian. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> the librarian. You left something in town that I think you might, that I assume you might want back. Um, it looks like a keychain. Also, I have some something I'd like to discuss with you. If you find a chance to come back to town, I think we should have a conversation. And then I think about it really hard while I'm gonna say it and then say, uh, right, you know who it's about. <gasps> speaking. I hope you enjoyed the past couple episodes as we stepped away from the usual routine a bit, but I also hope you're as excited as we are to be back in the proverbial saddle this week with the main campaign again. In my personal opinion, this upcoming arc is where the story really starts to hit its stride, and I think you're going to absolutely love where the story and the characters go from here. Now, normally this is where I would start talking to you about Patreons, but I actually have a different request for you this week. Heroes, one of our One Shot Network hosts is in the hospital right now. 
Earlier this year, Jeff from System Mastery had to choose between getting health insurance for himself or for his newborn daughter. You can probably guess which one he chose, which means he's likely going to leave the hospital with bills that he can't afford. That's why we're asking for One Shot Heroes to contribute to a GoFundMe campaign to help him and his family out a bit. Any amount will be a big help if you can spare it. And if you can't, even just sharing the link will go a really, really long way. You can find that GoFundMe at bit.ly slash livingmastery. That's bit.ly slash livingmastery. Now, I'm not going to ask you for any money on our own behalf this time around, but I would like to give you my sincerest thanks, as always, for listening and supporting the show in all the ways that you do. We passed 10,000 downloads last week, and the counter has just kept going up since. We literally would not be here without you. So please keep spreading the word, keep downloading and reviewing and tagging us on Twitter and just tuning back in every week to share this story with us because we love sharing it with you. As always, the part of Mariah Harris is played by Addison Peacock. The part of Martha Campbell is played by Tim Warner. The part of Siobhan O'Shaughnessy is played by Andrew Giada, who also composed our excellent theme music. And I'm your keeper, Alex Flanagan. Thank you to the One Shot Network for having us and enjoy the rest of the show. Bye! My email signature says no. <laughs> what does your email signature say? Tell us. Um, it says I break for big feet. <laughs> oh, thank God. Um, Mariah Harris, President, Revenant Truther Society. <laughs> In all seriousness, quick pause. I meant to say it when we recorded Crypto Keeper earlier. In New Jersey, I saw a car with a sticker, with a Bigfoot sticker and a sticker that said, my Bigfoot breaks for cryptids. Oh, that's so good. And it made me so happy. <laughs> Amazing. Love it. Love it. Love it. Anyway. So I sent my email. Excellent. Anything else you're going to immediately do? I think once I've sent, I've reached out with that, I think, and then maybe, yeah, I, I maybe take a look at the keychain and see if uh, I want to maybe look through some of my books on symbology, see if there's anything that okay, sure. matches up with. Yeah. I will find this thing soon and send it to you. There is like a page on it that you canonically, Martha, find. Huh? No, I'm sorry, Mariah. That Mariah finds. <laughs> and that is the knowledge that you will have about it for the time being. But I will get that to you soon, and I do not have it readily available, and I apologize. To be fair, I had that symbol and, like, these links ready to go, like, six weeks ago, and we did not get there. Whoops. Right. Let's go to Siobhan. That's me. Yes. I want you to tell me about when you decided to join the National Park Service. Hmm. Hmm. Where were you living at the time? You're from the Midwest. Yeah, I think I was living in um, Minnesota. Okay, I like that. I think that's what I said. I think I said Minnesota. Okay, sure. Not sure where. Don't know many cities in Minnesota. And that's where you like were born and raised, or yeah. did you move around a lot as a kid? Or yeah, I think I was I was born and raised around around there. But um, we did often take trips to like the we we did the whole like car driving around road trips. To all the national parks and all, all of that stuff. So you, like, so, really loved the <clears throat> national parks, even from an early age. Yeah. 
Yeah, I grew I grew up um, every every summer going to the to the national parks in and around the country. Cool. Yeah. And when I say around, I mean in. In Near the, the United States. <laughs> the national ones, you know. Yeah. International ones. Uh, yeah. But it, so, okay. So that was that. And so you knew, like, pretty mm-hmm. early on, you're like, I want to be a ranger when I grow up. That was, like, Lil Siobhan? Probably. Yeah, she probably really looked up to people who, like, maintained the, the beauty of the park. And she and just loved the hat. And she loved the hat. One time when she was, um, I'd say maybe seven or eight... <clears throat> she was um, out camping with her whole family, and uh, a park ranger came by and said, oh, hey, put out that fire, it's getting a little bit too high there, and we've had some calls, and she saw Siobhan and took off her hat and put it on Siobhan's head, like, okay, kiddo? Like, yeah, okay! And then she took her hat back and drove off in her very cool van. That is the most incredible origin story, mm-hmm. and I love it so, so much. So sweet, I love and it. And I think it's so good. So, that's beautiful. We know that you've been with the National Park Service for about 20 years. So, I'm imagining Mm -hmm. this has been, like, your main career your entire adult life, basically, right? Yeah, Yeah, mostly. So, pretty much, like, when you got out of college, if you went to college, you went straight into the Park Service? I feel like she she did some college. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe she, I think she probably went to, like, a community college and got, uh, like, a two-year degree. Because she's, she knew, like, right. I want to be a, right, absolutely. a park ranger. And I love this, because timing-wise, this is amazing. I mean, if I'm, like, assuming... Siobhan has been established as, like, middle-aged. I'm assuming she's, like, mm-hmm. in her 40s or 50s. Mm-hmm. Then, like, she was, you know, an adult or, like, young adult making these sorts of decisions, like, in the mid-70s. And I just think that's awesome, because yeah. it's, like... She was probably a forest hippie, you know, mm-hmm. definitely oh, like, this is what I want to do. I want to be out here protecting the woods. And I think that's just like a really beautiful mental image. So I'd like to know about your first monster encounter. Ooh. Ooh. I think Siobhan's first monster encounter. She joined the park service. Uh, and she was transferred actually um her first assignment mm-hmm. uh she got sent to petrified forest national park in arizona okay and the first assignment that i think she really worked on was uh the thunderbird love it mm-hmm. so she um she didn't really have a lot of experience with mm-hmm. the Thunderbird having grown up in the Midwest. Right, absolutely. They don't really, you know, go. Mm-hmm. Um, so her, her like, mentor uh, thought it, this would be a good first mission to say, like, this is how things work out here. Here's the something new that, that you don't really have experience with. Right. And uh, it definitely was very new for her. Um, Especially tracking and, and capturing and and relocating an aerial uh, cryptid. Mm-hmm. Right? A lot of the ones that she's dealt with have been more like water-based or land-based, not a ton of sky-based uh, monsters. Um, so after a very lengthy uh, chase uh, all throughout all kinds of neighborhoods, gosh, um, eventually they... 
uh, managed to get some rubberized, basically large handcuffs onto this. Love it. Onto this uh, majestic animal and transfer it back into mm-hmm. uh, back into the wilds where it where it belongs and let it let it go. Very good. And I think that really solidified for her, like this is what this is what I, I want to be doing. Very so cool. That, that is her first. I like that first, a lot. Her first job. What? Let's t- let's talk about your your boss there at the park where you used to work. Your sort of home park. The your... the boss or like her mentor. Um, if those are different answers, mm-hmm. then I'd be curious in knowing both. Okay. Her first mentor was. Let me just pull it. Twitter, Twitterer, maybe. <laughs> Do you have a Twitterer who's? Let's get a Patreon name. Yeah, go get a Patreon name. How does Ethan Woodman sound to you? Perfect. Oh, Woodman. <clears throat> uh, her mentor was Ethan Woodman, named after a Patreon user of the same name. Thank you. Uh, and and Ethan really showed Siobhan the ropes of how things work in the department and how mm-hmm. to go about um, dealing with the entire uh, park service as a whole and the entire park service as a whole and... Um, Really like the the catch and release methods that the park service mm-hmm. employs. The park director of mm-hmm. the Petrified Forest, I believe was the name, yeah. National Park. Petrified Forest National Park was... Uh, let's go with um, Abigail. Does, does Abigail have a last name? Park, Christ- <laughs> park director Abigail. Abigail Christman. Okay. Thank you, Abigail Christman, was um, the her first boss. Okay. The the head honcho of that department. And what kind of person was was Park Director Abigail? Abigail was a hard ass. She had been in the director position for many many years, which is really really impressive given the time. Yeah, I agree, and I th- I feel like that's. Um, that's who Siobhan kind of like almost strives to be, mm-hmm. right? Like Abigail Christman, because she was the, her, her first boss and she saw um, another woman in this um, position uh, of power and she really aspired and looked up to her. Um, and she aspires to be a park director herself one day because of Abigail. Cool. Mm-hmm. So... You were at this park for a while, the Petrified Forest National Park. Mm-hmm. Was that sort of like, before you came to Revenant, were you at this one park and that's where you did most of your time or were you moved around a bit? She was there for about five years mm-hmm. um, where she learned the ropes of that park. Then she moved around again and her current position um, in Revenant has been for the last 12 years, I believe. Is, is what I said. So she spent five years in um, Arizona there. Mm-hmm. Then let's do some quick math. Three years um, back around her, her home, mm-hmm. uh, hometown, or, or home state, kind of the Midwest parks. Right. She didn't really have a home base. She was more like going around and, and almost consulting. Mm-hmm. She wasn't necessarily an agent, but she oh, was, I like that. She was yeah. a consultant for, pe- for park services to call in and say, oh, well, 
she's sort of a traveling supervisor. Yeah. And I think that that makes a lot of sense because that is definitely a position that would have led to your work being not only respected, but Mm -hmm. recognized. And I think that it was a lot of, you know, really excellent footwork on your part and consistency and your dedication and your work ethic that led to you one day being called in by your boss who told you that they were calling you up to the big leagues. And that's when you ended up in Revenant, Alaska. And that's the big leagues. That's the big leagues. That's the big leagues. Gates of the Arctic National Park. So, I've been there for the last 12 years. Very cool. Martha. Hi. Had a rough couple days, huh? Yeah, they were bad. (laughs) Well, you're out hunting again. And it's a morning that's basically as close to normal as they come anymore. And maybe you were hoping this would sort of help clear your head or maybe get your mind off of things, but the opposite has sort of been happening. You've had something of a persistent headache since you faced down the spider in the woods. Nothing unmanageable, but more of just like a like a background hum at this point. Um, but there, nonetheless. And as you said earlier, you know, you're dealing with a lot of other emotions too. What are some of the things that are sort of churning in there? What are some things that are maybe like coming up in your mind or like bothering you or frustrating? I know you were talking some about your your decision to leave your parents, and that's been weighing on you. Yeah, and I mean, obviously the thought has crossed Martha's mind of like checking in on her family, Mm -hmm. making sure that they're still okay, but she also knows that she doesn't want to put them in any kind of harm, so really having to struggle with like separating herself from her family, Mm -hmm. and then Having to separate herself from, like, practically another thing that, like, something that viewed her as a mother figure Mm -hmm. just brought back all of those, just, at the time, it wasn't a hard decision. Right. But over the course of, we said 17 years, um just thinking back on it pretty much all the time it just weighs down so much and then that basically just broke down her wall that Mm -hmm. she had built over 17 years and i think as that wall comes down there are a lot of emotions weighing on you some of them conscious and a lot of them subconscious as well So today as you hunt, you keep losing your focus and it's making you unaccountably frustrated. Are you the kind of person who usually gets frustrated? Martha doesn't seem to me to have a lot of an anger response. No, it's, um, I mean, she's been doing almost the same thing for Mm -hmm. like years and years and years. Um, so like she knows she can do it. She's good at it. And she hasn't really, I don't want to say that she hasn't experienced a lot of failure, mm-hmm. but like there haven't been many opportunities to fail. Right. And I think that that compounded with everything else that you're dealing with is just really bringing you out of character and it's making you just absolutely, completely irritated. 
And these isolated instances of frustration are becoming just more prevalent as the morning goes on. And the more frustrated you get, the harder it is to focus. And the harder it is to focus, the more you mess up. And the more you mess up, the more this anger just builds up inside of you. Things finally come to a head when, just as you have your sights on a squirrel, you accidentally step on a branch and it cracks noisily under your feet. Suddenly you aren't in the Alaskan woods anymore. You're in an upscale building in the Midwestern United States next to your mother and your vision fills with red and a sound very nearly like the crack of wood or the snap of rusted metal or the firing of a gun sets your brain on fire. What happens next? What did happen next? Um, well, in that time, what happened next was a basically, it was really hard to take in all at that time. Um, the building collapsed and um, really for a while it was just dark and um, she couldn't see anything. It was really hard to breathe from all of the dust and debris. There was lots of screaming from other children calling out to their mothers and fathers, parents calling out to their children to friends, um, just in that moment, it was kind of, it was chaos. Yeah, and it all started with the collapse of a chandelier. The chandelier falls, it slams into the ground with a deafening impact and a thousand shards of crystal scatter into more directions than you can possibly wrap your mind around and you're bleeding. And then you're back in the woods. In front of you, a mangled mess of earth and sky twines through the branches of a tree, not merely fallen, but uprooted, devastated, completely shattered. In a dark corner of your mind, you feel a tiny, squirrel-sized heart shudder to a stop, and you're bleeding. Spring is a very short season, north of the Arctic Circle, and it feels even shorter when you're trying to fit a double life into each day. And so it is that the grand deception called time slips away under your fingers, until all of you find yourselves on the precipice of the next phase in the life of this place that you now call home. And I think on this new afternoon of whatever it is, as you guys try to settle into a new normal, as you try to find a balance for all of the things that you've seen and experienced and navigating the difficulties that have arisen in your relationships with each other, perhaps one of the ways you're trying to rebuild that trust is by attending one of Mariah's Truther Society meetings. Everyone is accounted for, except for one late member, a high school kid named Corey, who sometimes just doesn't show up on time. So you go through the motions of starting the meeting. Mariah, what does that look like? Well, I'm glad you asked. So I arrive, I arrive early, I'm the first person there. I wanna be able to see everyone as they come in the door. And of course. be able to keep an eye on everything that's going on. My corner booth is situated such that I can see the rest of the restaurant from where I'm sitting. Mm -hmm particularly the doors because you know i like to know what's going on i have um a uh, big notebook sure which is sort of essentially like a condensed version of my big weird board in my back office it's got all Natch. my stuff like some kind of word clouds some uh things cut out and pasted in and all sort of thing and i'm just sort of waiting for everyone to Excuse me, arrive. Okay. It's not the most formal meeting. I don't want to uh, have a lot of pomp and circumstance and attract unwanted attention. <laughs> of course. So there's you and there's Zoe. 
Mm -hmm. And these two chuckleheads are with you today. Who else is in the Revenant Truther Society? We have a couple of people that kind of come and go. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually if Zoe's engaged in any sort of romantic relationship, whoever she's dating at the time will come um, and be a part of it. Very good. Um, Because they have to. (laughs) She's single right now, but she's not mad about it. No, she's not mad about it. She's just finding herself. Yeah. Um, I have had, back when I am, or not back when, um, I have occasionally uh, recruited any of the few patrons of my library to to attend. Usually Very people good. only come for a few meetings before they realize we're not really getting much done. Um, oh, no. But uh, to be honest, for the most part, it's normally just me and Zoe waiting, or, and, a, and a few people who we've cycled through. That's fair. And the high school kid you mentioned. Yep. So there's a, a couple people in normal membership, and do you go through any sort of attendance taking or like opening sir i know there's not a lot of pop and circumstance but how do you usually start off these meetings do you like have a subject that you're introducing or yes okay usually i have a headline gotcha from some sort of like alternative press Mm -hmm. that i've discovered something strange happening in a neighboring county or maybe even across the country and i wait for everyone to sit and I kind of got a little bit of a flair for the dramatic and I take it out of my take it out of my notebook and I unfold it and I slap it down on the table. <laughs> Very good. Um, and I think before you can get to talking about what exactly that headline is that you've brought in today, the diner door flies open and Corey, the high schooler, runs in, slamming his hands down on the table with a wild, breathless grin and says, you guys will never believe what happened at the senior bash last night. <laughs> 